0: Time for the wheel nerds. Uh, wait, hold on. Uh, talking about bit. Come on, you.
1: Hi, and welcome to Wheel Nerds. This is episode thirty-nine. I'm Todd, and I'm Chuck. We're going to be talking about motorcycles and not Beel. Not Buell. Not Buell. Oh, not Buell. (laughs) But there's Buell all over your garage. (laughs) All over. It's like my garage, but with Buell instead of 20W50.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's just because I I got a little too excited with the hammer.
1: Yeah, I got a little too excited with trying to reuse uh, original equipment Russian gaskets on the heads. Whoa! I... You're well, not supposed to reuse this st- valve cover gaskets. Yeah, you reuse all the time because they're okay. you know big, valve covers, heavy okay. duty things. They yeah, don't like yeah. you know little shitty ones and O rings. No, you put on new ones because who gives a shit? It's twenty cents, right? Right. I did the valves on the Ural and you know torqued the head bolts and all that kind of stuff, and I put it back on. And the Strom has been leaking a little for a while. You know, a little dribble, dribble here and there. Mm-hmm. Not to be outdone, the Ural, all nice new valves, ran like a dream, and then it went. Bleh! It just spewed oil from both cylinders. Oh, yeah. Not like not like like a lake of it right away, but like you can always tell where I park because there's two little lines right <laughs> under the cylinders where the cylinder gaskets are not gasketing. So uh, I'm waiting for those in the mail.
0: Marking its territory. Huh?
1: It's really marking it. Like you, yeah, you can tell
0: right where the wheels were because you know it's right directly between the two. Now, in, in the manual, is this listed as a use only once? Park? Haven't
1: we been over the
0: Ural manual
1: thing? <laughs> I bet I bet be they're in mentioned that? in there of existing. They, you know what? They, I bet they're not even listed for that. I bet there is no mention of these gaskets anywhere Is the original
0: manual. manual a photocopy? No? Is it no, a it's, mimeograph? It's a printout. Is, does it smell uh, like that stuff in elementary school that no. you get high off of as a kid?
1: <laughs> no, it's definitely not that stuff, but I am pretty sure it's a printout and it's kind of it's kind of general about Urals in general. <laughs> you know, it mentions the shock absorber has springs.
0: Yeah. You know this that. this is a motorcycle?
1: Yes. <laughs> yes, there the far more useful manuals are to be had by just reading you know, Soviet steeds and go, (laughs) Billy G's or who is it? I can't remember who said it. Somebody has got a site, myurl.com, which has a good manual. Oh, okay. And then there's Ural's videos on YouTube, which are really good and have the bow chicka bow music behind all of them. (laughs) No shit. The oil change video has porn music behind it. Why? I don't know. I'm watching one of these videos and my wife is like, so it's just the music and like the guy doing the things. And I'm like, yeah, she goes, this is really weird. (laughs)
0: Well <laughs> You look like you need an oil change. <laughs> <laughs> Drain the transmission. Huh? You, huh? you seen those uh the James Gunn not pornographic porns?
1: Oh, I think I have seen those. Yeah. Or
0: oh, the PG porn. That's what it's That's called. Right. PG, PG porn. porn. And ones like uh in a car mechanic shop. <laughs> it's like, I need to check your oil. Do you? And she like undoes her top a little bit. He's like, Oh my god, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm at your car. <laughs> I'm glad to hear the Ural is uh, doing better than the Buell. I feel better. All I'm doing is puking oil. Shut up. Buell's not leaking oil. Buell has plenty of oil. There's (laughs) no oil anywhere coming out of the Buell. I don't want to talk about the Buell. Actually, you know, the folks at Ural Northwest, when I called to get the gaskets, they said,
1: hey, look at the bright side. If there's oil drooling out of it, it means you know there's oil in it. (laughs) Thanks, Ben. Way to look on the bright side. (sighs) They take good care of me over there.
0: I'm about ready to just find a street corner. Put the bill there, leave it running in neutral, mm-hmm. and, you know, la, 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 la. go have lunch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds fair. Of course, knowing this is you know, Salt Lake City in the middle of Utah. Someone um, will find you and bring it to you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, did you leave your bike there, mister? <laughs> uh, I tried to ride it over to you, but it wouldn't make it. <laughs> so I pushed it. I <laughs> got a tow truck for you. <laughs> <sighs> well, oh, yeah. it's just not boring. It's not boring.
1: So I can't wait to see all the hate mail we're going to get about my little tirade last week about boring Beamers. I've been thinking about this all week because <laughs> it's completely insane that I feel that way. Like, Yeah, no, you're very... Uh, there's no logic to it. There's mm. no sense to it. I just do. You get really worked up about it. Yeah, I do. So I was as I was driving home from our last recording, as I've been sitting at my desk during the week, occasionally this pops up in my head. I think I know what it is. I think I know why I find it so boring. Okay. Okay, let's look at all the bikes that I've had. Okay? Purple Rain. Okay. The Volusia, which I didn't have for very long, the Honda Elite 50 scooter, mm-hmm. the Strom, and the Ural. Okay. And one beat up Nighthawk. So here's my theory. The common thing about all the bikes that excite me, and I like the look of the rocket, right? Okay. So all the bikes that really excite me are ones that have just like a little bit of crappiness. It's, it's something off or something weird, or it's just like a little crappy, but not seriously detrimental. Okay. So I, I think it's the little crappy theory. That's my, my bike. I like bikes that are
0: a little crappy. You no, know, that's so weird because, you know, if you go in like ADV mm-hmm. and you find thread after thread about how boring the Strom is, if you see like Strom versus any other bike, yeah, everyone's like, the Strom is rock solid and it will get you there, but it has zero personality.
1: Except for that the, the, the one thousand needs to have its fuel injection changed so it'll actually go without bucking and
0: See no one ever talks like that on on
1: the, the God you need to go that. to you need to go to the VSTROM forums where people who've lived with them for a while and they're like, Oh come on, look at look at Charlie. What happened when Charlie borrowed my bike? I start getting calls. It's my fucking day before my wedding and I'm getting calls. But it was my wedding day. And I'm getting texts from Charlie. He's like, Uh uh your bike makes a kind of a grk noise as it gets going. I'm like, Yeah, it does. He's English. He's high maintenance. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, he's <laughs> like, and 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 it goes, it goes, at at a stop, you know, when you're at idle. I'm like, yeah, that's idle hammer. They do that.
0: <laughs> oh, I mean, that's hilarious. Cause I was just reading today, you you know, saw that, that thread I had open and was, they were comparing a scrambler to the Wiestrom mm-hmm. and everyone's like, Suzuki's rock solid. It's boring. It'll get you there. It'll do everything you want it to without personality whatsoever. Huh? And I think the Strom's engine has a lot more personality than the Scrambler engine does. I, I,
1: I, the Strom's weird. got a, a noticeable power band that really hits pretty hard and makes a good little grr noise. And it has that weird <laughs> thing it does when it's going slow and, and it looks ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Is that I,
0: but I like them just a little crappy, right? Yeah, I, I like the idea of a motorcycle being a motorcycle, being a visceral... Yeah, that's you know, a big part of it. Something like Something that appeals to all senses. It just like
1: make noises and be like clanking and like the maybe maybe it's puking just a little oil. And <laughs> you know, like the Ural. The Ural is the ultimate example of just a little crappy. A Ural at its best is just a little crappy. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it sometimes will cross the line into crappy if you're not careful. Yeah. <laughs> like when it's puking oil on the garage floor. But a Ural is always making funny like clanking and clicking and like rattling and the, the weird squeaky, squeaky, squeaky. <laughs> you know I mean, it it's, makes noise. It's, it's mechanical. I want... I want vibration. I want anything moving around. Parts that you can get sucked into, you know? You wanna buy a bill? No. It does all of that. No, but the Buell, the Buell is over the line, is what I'm saying. The Buell's <laughs> in crappy land. Because nothing, nothing wrong with the Strom is detrimental to it. It still is perfectly rideable pretty much all the time. Mm-hmm. But there's always these like weird kind of crappy things that are irritating.
0: The Buell's... I, well, I don't know. I haven't ridden it in a while.
1: Well, take a, take a Buell when it works properly. Okay, it's kind of cool. It's got this super low, low rev range. It's Fucking loud as shit. Yep. It, it rattles like a paint shaker so you can't see in the mirrors. Yep. You know, it looks completely absurd. It is way cool. <laughs> and it's wicked cool. Yep. Because a Buell when it's working is just a little crappy. You know? <laughs> it's not boring, it's just a little crappy, just enough to make it interesting.
0: It's so weird when you compare a Buell to like the Harleys. Mm-hmm. You know, because they got the, the isolated rubber mounts and oh, everything sure, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And you're like, wow, this this is so smooth. And you start to build up. It's like. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's,
1: oh, my God. You, you know you're on a motorcycle. You're like, I am definitely on a motorcycle right now. Yes. That's why I think I find the beamers kinda of boring and the tiger kinda of boring. You get on it and they kinda of go, hmm in the tiger's case, you twist it and it's like, Okay, sure, we're going faster now. Dum dum dum, we're going faster, just like you said, sir.
0: Da 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 Okay, so like the beamer, the F eight hundred it's supposed to have a, a much more of a jerky torque curve to it. Mm-hmm. I mean a Triumph, it's okay. almost like a It's a freaking straight line. Yeah, it's a straight line. It's it's, a, it's like picture perfect almost. Mm. And the the GS doesn't have that line. It's a, it looks pretty jerky. Okay, maybe it's maybe it's more saying. Does it make funny noises? Well, I think it hums. Well, that's the, okay. I think they all all the beamers hum. Well, okay,
1: but does it have does it have the thing like the boxer beamers has, where if you get just down a little bit, it sounds like there's a guy in there with a bunch of sewing needles going. Sh- sh- sh-
0: sh- sh, with them. I, I doubt it. I mean, it's a parallel yeah. twin. So. Yeah. So the yeah, it's all
1: I mean, probably it... double overhead cams. So it yeah, it doesn't make any noise to speak of. Mm. And there's there it is. I mean, uh, it's gonna go when
0: you twist it. Yeah, it's gonna go. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you sound like a Japanese character. Ah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so there it is.
1: I don't think there's enough crappy. I think you, it, you want a bike that you have to work on. I want a bike that I have to work on and it has some little like character crappy thing that I can, that it will endear me to it and others will be incredibly irritated by it. <laughs> <Yeah. possible. laughs> Things like weird noises spring to mind. Duck, <laughs> duck, 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 duck. All
0: right. My, my Beal has had too much. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I can't ride it now without just being over the line paranoid about it.
1: Yeah. The fun, the fun factor's gone.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's stressful to ride. Mm, that's well, no good. Which sucks because I really like that bike. Yeah, I mean uh, I got the Thruxton. That's fun and stuff. Yeah, I I, I don't see the Thruxton as a touring bike. Yeah, I can't really argue entirely with
1: that. I mean, I
0: mean the thing the thing
1: that immediately pops out of me the Thruxton when I'm looking at it is the seat. I mean, oh, like it, it looks neat,
0: but um, the seat is not. Uh, <laughs> It's not built for the all-day riding. It looks a bit like a two-by-four with some vinyl wrapped around it. Yeah, it gets on you after a while. I've kind of thought about replacing the seat. Yeah. I'm looking at different seats. Yeah, You could do like a Russell or something like that. Yeah, I uh, could do a Russell. I was looking at, uh, Corbin does that seat with a
1: trunk. You know what? First off, I know the people in Volusia to town did not much care for the ones with the trunk. A bunch of people got them. Uh They say they look nice, but the trunk is so small that it's kind of a wank versus they'd rather have something flat they could attach a bag to when they want to. And I guess the the reviews were mixed of Corbin's. I will tell you, I've never had a Corbin I liked. The only Corbin I've ever sat on that I liked is the one on Claire's bike, and I've only ever been on that for a couple minutes.
0: I bought one for the Strom Hated it. <clears throat> Gone. The Buell has a Corbin. If anyone wants to buy a Corbin seat for a Buell Ulysses, let me know.
1: Available now. <laughs> Whatever fine Buell parts are sold, well, and also junky Buell parts.
0: <laughs> we can't say fine; someone <laughs> might sue me. <laughs> sold as is. There's some aftermarket parts available. <laughs> There's a bike available. Yes. <laughs> I'll even sign it. <laughs> there you go.
1: Yeah, get a Wheel Nerd signed blue. book. both sign it. Yep. <laughs> we'll sign signed it. by the Wheel Nerds. This will be really valuable in a few years.
0: Yeah. When someone needs parts where they're Buell. <laughs> Somebody else will have a Buell this time. Okay, I want to talk about these quad boss mitts.
1: Quad boss mitts, not the middies, because calling them middies is totally
0: I, wrong and bad. I call them mitts. I
1: like my middies. Shut up. I keep my hands warm.
0: I went down the rights and picked up a pair. Nice. Like you suggested. yeah, did you hook them up. I did. Um, I had to cut some holes in them. Yeah, I told yeah, you you're going to have yeah, to do that. Yeah. Fortunately, we have the technology to cut holes in things now. Yeah, and, and duct tape. to Yeah, I use a little duct tape patches. around the holes
1: to keep the holes easy to slide things in and out of. But yeah,
0: yeah. So I've been wearing them, uh, using them for the week. What do you think? It's weird. Mm-hmm. They're they're not what I expected. Really? Why do you say that? My hands don't feel any different. Yeah. Um, in terms
1: of not as not warmer, not colder, or just
0: yeah, they they're they're. They still have that kind of weird neutral, kind of cool feeling. Mm-hmm. I, I was expecting not the, you know, I was wearing uh, uh, not my summer gloves, my like medium duty winter gloves with yeah. no liners, and they felt kind of like if I was just wearing the heated glove liners. Well, um, that's that's kind of where I'm at with them. Your hands aren't super toasty warm, but neither are
1: they cold. They're just like a comfortable medium kind of temperature. I um, think without extra crap.
0: Basically. Yeah, I think they'd be ideal for me if I combined them with the active heating from yeah. the liners.
1: A lot of people put the uh, the heating grips or liners in them mm-hmm. and say that it's just the greatest thing in the world. I I think that's where I I'm going to go. Impressed. I'm, yeah.
0: I'm I'm gonna go there because uh, with the medium duty gloves and the and the warm and safe liners I I'm okay with the way those feel mm-hmm. I don't like the big heavy duty winter gloves mm-hmm. with liners mm-hmm. but with the regular gloves and and these quad boss these midi things mm-hmm. I think that's that's gonna be the sweet spot for me the other place you're really gonna love those things is in rain rain or I could see that or, or snow, snow falling yeah 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 then yeah mm-hmm. that would definitely here it's been sunny but yeah. cold. Exactly. The other weird thing is I didn't realize how much I like to look at what my fingers are doing when I'm using the controls. Why are you looking at your fingers? Look at the road. I don't know. Head and eyes up, Chuck. No one can
1: see this, but I'm doing the MSF instructor head (laughs) up thing to Chuck.
0: I always, I guess, look at my thumb when I go for the signals. Really? I don't stare at it, but I glance down at it. Huh, that's weird. And it's
1: weird that I can't see it. I just do the, uh, I I don't have to look, but I do do the compulsive, like, canceling signals for no reason. Like, it's a button I can push, and nothing happens, so I'm like, click, click, (laughs) click, (laughs) click. Did I ever cancel? Did I really cancel? Did I cancel this time? I can't remember if I canceled.
0: You know, I'm not even sure if I'm looking now because I can't see them. Yeah, and it just feels weird because you're like... maybe i didn't i didn't look before at all but now it's like i don't know for sure so i'm looking Mm -hmm. bizarre and and uh, i keep having to like think about when i want to take my hands in and out of the things really Apparently, I do that a lot too.
1: That'll come with time. You'll you'll get just so you naturally just pull hands out and put hands back in mm-hmm. without any shenanigans. Uh, that, I did I did that too at first. I'm like, oh god, gotta get hands in. Red lights changing, thump thump thump, yeah. missing holes. After a while, you get used to it and you just go right in and out
0: like nothing's going on. I do like the way they look on the Thruxton. Mm-hmm. They have that nice kind of geeky. Okay. Yeah. Guys, hey wait, guys. Yeah. The the two hipster guys that hang out by my work saw mm-hmm. it, and they were just like, oh, "We're gonna back away a few feet." <laughs> eh, eh, eh. You are not as hip as we thought.
1: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> as long as the hot meter maid makes her rounds, I'm good.
0: <laughs> yeah, but she's all bundled up. It's winter. Phooey. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So I like the mitts. They were thirty bucks. 30 bucks? Yeah. Wow, inflation. They were the, the quad boss ones, right? Yeah. Big QB <laughs> on them or something. I
1: have something They, were, like they were the only ones they had at rights. They're black and nylon and have a funny little divity thing at the corner and, and yeah. velcro. and
0: yeah. 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 They were like 30 bucks. Okay. Well, they've gone up in price. But it, that's still half as much as they would be from hippo hands or something like that. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty happy with them. I'm, like I so said, I'll combine them with the heated liners, and I think I'll be right where I want to be with my hands. Cool. For the low
1: cost, you can't beat them. I mean, for yep. what they do for the money, they help you pay.
0: The other thing I, I kind of noticed, and I think this might be a part of the whole hand thing, mm-hmm. is uh, you, you know you got your heated liner going. Yeah. So your hands just are more Yeah, your hands sensitive. are warmer because your core is warmer. No, no. Your no. hands are more sensitive to the cold. Huh. Okay. You, you feel that cold more. I mean, you're, yeah, you know, you got warm blood going through your hands, so they're mm. warmer. Ah. But at the same time, you're. They're more sensitive. Okay. You just kind of notice the cold more. Because uh, there was one morning I. Uh...
1: Chuck, what are you really trying to say here about your hands being cold? I don't know. Because it sounds like what you're
0: saying is. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. I'm just trying to share. <laughs> I just I'm just trying to get my observations out there. So that it might help somebody, mm-hmm. you know, uh-huh. not everyone has big, fatty hands. Ah! Some of us have small, dainty hands. <laughs> reach into places. Yeah, I can't reach into anything. Grab screws. <laughs> they, I can do this with my hands. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm number one. You're number one. an <laughs> asshole. Nobody likes you.
1: I don't know. It feels... I, and this may be just me getting older, but I'm starting to find I really do like some wind protection. Yeah, that that hasn't bothered
0: me so much. Oh, okay. Uh, the posture is just—it's just right that you—the the wind you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Pretty it's just kind of there. It's just kind of there. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. All right. Um, they have fly screens <clears throat> for the mm-hmm. Thruxton. Yeah. yeah. Some people say they make a big difference. Uh, something um that's real popular with that bike is they'll flip the bars over because oh, you know to, they kind of go down. They
1: kind of go down. Oh, so they flip them to yeah. Okay, so from to the be club more upright. To the, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I'm, I'm like,
0: eh, I mean, that's not why I bought that bike.
1: Yeah, it's really kind of not what it's for is a, a fair part of it. It's like Fred said last week. Well, what's your favorite? Well, it depends on what I'm doing.
0: Yeah. I got a friend with a, a CNC machine. Mm-hmm. And so I'm probably going to go to him. We'll, we'll make some sort of racks for it that mm-hmm. I can put some bags on. Yeah,
1: sure. Just some kind of basic stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm just not seeing it as as a touring bike. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't even know what I, I want in a touring bike anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We I, would like your wing, please. I've been I, I've been going out almost every night to the Buell and I, I stand there looking at it in like this weird I don't know funk <laughs> <laughs> and I tinker with the wiring uh-huh. I redid the wiring I did on the headlight to make it you know nice nice
1: so what about the uh, rest of the wiring
0: uh, well you know I peeled away that cut away the cloth insulating tape and stuff oh sure okay and, to get the, to the wiring uh-huh. so you cut through that to get the wiring and I found yep. uh, soldering it was uh, worse than mine like we're really bad soldering.
1: Impossible. The hell you say? I mean, it was solid. It wasn't going to come loose. But it looked like it was done by someone with one eye, and
0: I I would not use the words American craftsmanship. Ah, <laughs> and I could see why they had covered it up so much with rubber and cloth. <laughs> so that no one would ever see it. God. (laughs) I was just like, wow, that's...
1: Odin's beard. I never thought I would see soldering worse than Chuck's.
0: (laughs) That's all it takes. (laughs) I should get a job. (laughs) Apparently. I I was redoing all this wiring when I could get away with that. But (laughs) I did find one wire that was sheared. Interesting. But I doubt it's my problem.
1: Really? Because it's
0: part of the headlight circuit. Oh, that could be just where the rat's nest is. But it,
1: oh, it's actually part of the
0: headlight circuit. Well, yeah. Well, it's it's a uh, an HDI connector. Uh-huh. So it doesn't even have anything hooked up to it. Uh-huh. It's just there in case you're going to do HDI.
1: Oh, okay. That's um, that's exciting then.
0: Yeah. So, but the wire that was leading to it, which the hot wire, was sheared. But I, I doubt, like I said, I doubt that was a no, that The connector that itself you. was just hanging loose Whee! behind the headlights. <laughs> Whee! <laughs> <laughs> Getting wet all the time. La 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 la. I. I Messing around with the, the main harness that's coming up through the body behind mm-hmm. the, the forks. Trying wiggling and poking. Yeah, and
1: seeing if anything looked loose or wrong. Felt
0: loose. I mean, I, I think I'd have to... You know what?
1: I have a plan. Bring my soldering iron, a six-pack of beer, and a package of ho We're making a new harness. We have the tools, Chuck. <laughs> we have the technology. We can make it better. Reliable. Not explody. <laughs> We have the capability to make a Buell you can trust. Your bike shall be that Buell. I don't know. Or, you know, we'll just shit can it and get you something else.
0: <laughs> I'm just picturing a, a you know, motorcycle tire on fire rolling by. <laughs>
1: mm. Well, that's the other possible outcome. Yeah.
0: Like I say, I've stripped it down to all the parts that were easy to strip off. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know how. I'm kind of at like diminishing returns with it. I mean, how mm-hmm. much do I really want to?
1: Yeah, how much more do you really want to dick with it?
0: Yeah. Do I want to spend the rest of this year dicking with a bike that is just going to take up room in my garage? And i
1: lots of people have bikes like that. <laughs> I might, have a scooter like that.
0: I might not just get back to. Uh, we might not even find where it's wrong. Who knows what it is?
1: Yeah, I got. I got to say, I, I like the uh, the somebody who's willing to you know find the problem diagnose the problem yeah you know? I mean we we kind of think it's electrical uh, it's it's either ele- it's got to be electrical nothing else makes any sense <laughs> <laughs> really I mean that for what it's doing it's something electrical the trouble is that the something is a
0: el- yeah I mean, maybe it's not the wiring maybe it's something in ECM oh god maybe it's a sensor somewhere uh, who knows I could be I'm like being real low key about it on bad web because mm-hmm. I'm just like
1: yeah yeah I'm, I'm thinking
0: time to time to unload <laughs> <laughs> Try to divest yourself of Buell. Because there's going to be guys that are like, you just can't handle it. You chicken shit. Yeah. You're not man enough to ride a Buell. Weenie, weenie. <laughs> What's the wrong, Alice? You don't <laughs> like your Buell anymore. Pull up your skirt. Come on, Cindy. <laughs> Put the lipstick I like on. <laughs> oh wait, that was when I was in prison. Never mind.
1: But I mean, I don't know what I want. Well, you're gonna, you, you get on. You get on the the. <sighs> The beamer. <laughs> You're yeah. bored. You know the tiger? Bored. You get on the exploder and it'll be like, I'm bored and huge. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want
0: a huge bike. That's the thing. I'm... Yeah. yeah I mean, that. the Beatles 1200cc. Yeah, but. You but know, the
1: Buell's be- relatively light and small and low center of gravity compared it's, to most. Yeah, it's. it's
0: swev. I mean Slev. Sweb. 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 Can you say suave? No. swed, Svelte? That. <laughs> How do you say that? Svelte. Svelte. Compared, Svelte. what? Elt that <laughs> compared to a GS? Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. A twelve
1: hundred GS. Well, I mean, just in sheer in sheer like space occupying ability, a Stromer GS
0: is double the size of a Buell. That's why I was Girth. I was thinking about the 800s Yeah, because they're, they're they're medium size. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're you know not too big, not too little, and they, they fall like a dime on a tabletop. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us are better with kickstands than others.
1: <laughs> Some of us don't care when our bike falls over.
0: Well, you think he would care. this damn thing was brand new.
1: <laughs> oh, well, yeah, yeah. I, I was talking about the strong. Oh, yeah, well. Strong falls over. I'm like, oh, no, it's over again.
0: You've got crash bags on the strong. I got
1: crash bags, crash bars, crash...
0: Paint. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I want to try the 800s. I mm-hmm. mean, I can get a test ride on the... Well, yeah, I might as well try them. I mean, yeah. Maybe it'll totally blow your skirt off. It'll be like,
1: squee, this is the greatest thing ever.
0: Maybe I can find a place in San Diego to let me try a Wii. Yeah, could um, be. I'd like to try Versus. Mm-hmm. Yep. Everybody else seems to like those. I'm having a real crisis of the faith. Maybe a Ural ST. Maybe a Ural ST. It'll um, go a
1: lot faster than mine.
0: Maybe, maybe a newer model Ulysses
1: hmm yes Uh, I'm doing the look aren't I <laughs> 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 you know you might be happier with a newer model Ulysses I guess I'm 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 wondering if the problem you're having is one they fixed with newer ones or if it's still gonna be there yeah eventually eventually hit the 40,000 mile mark and it's like stuff
0: starts shaking loose
1: I mean strong doing that but that's because you know it's got fifty thousand miles like,
0: yeah yeah they're hard miles getting a newer model like a 2009 or 2010 mm-hmm. i could you know but then i'd be i'd be like riding it and wondering you'd be paranoid for the first year like yeah every time like the thing the tack twitches or i hear a pop you'd be panicking yeah because that the bill does that it just even when it was running great it just it, just made it makes noise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it makes noise. It shakes. It does things. It has personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I understand. I want Eric to show up at my house and just tell me it's going to be okay. That would be nice. At least to happen if he pulls up in a van with a Viking on the side and he jumps out with like three or four mechanics mm-hmm. and they just make the bike
2: run.
0: <laughs> Yeah, that would be nice. Cool. We're waiting. Then. Maybe I'd like to be a Chinese jet pilot. That mm. would be cool too. Okay, and a pony, and a pony. Pony would be great. And I got an email today from um, Taste. Though so it wasn't to me, Chuck. Uh huh. Because I'm Chuck. Right. It was me. Hey, customer who bought our suit about a year or so ago. Yeah. Here's a long term survey. What do you think?
1: Wow. That's awesome! Yeah, it's pretty. He cool. said he was gathering info and stuff. I guess he wasn't joking.
0: No, yeah, it's been, fairly rad because it's been over a year since I've had the suit. Mm-hmm. It's just yep. a bunch of questions like, "What do you think?" You know, "What what do you
1: what you not like?" What irritates you? What's great? Yeah, cool. That's uh, that's that's customer service for you. Yeah, I totally want one. I unfortunately also want a house, and it turns out houses are very expensive. <laughs> Jesus! Oh, but think of the shop, and my shop will have beer. I really want to get an old soda machine, and I want to make all the uh, the different uh, buttons say beer on them. <laughs> beer. More beer. Really? Beer? That'd be sweet. <laughs> all right, so we have a return guest this week, the first Wheel Nerds return guest.
0: Well, yes, he was our first in-studio guest, and now he's our first return guest, Brian of YouTube fame. Yep. Better known as Half Throttle. And he wrote a book. not <laughs> just a video. So we're we're on here with Ryan. Hey man, how
1: you doing? Doing good. Thanks for having me. Ryan's got a new book out. Only this isn't just a book book. This is a, an iBook. It's kind and of cool an iBook. Yeah.
0: It's, a, it's, you can't get it. You're not cool. You probably never heard of it. This, <laughs> I, this iBook thing. You're I'm not,
2: not even guys. I'm not even cool. I um, I have a confession. I don't even own an iPad.
0: Really? So, what made you want to? What made you do this book through iBook?
2: Well, I saw this announcement for the new program iBooks Author, and I'd been wanting to do something. People had been asking about a DVD or a book, and a book doesn't work because I do videos, and a DVD is a dead format.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: and uh, so, I didn't want to do that. And I just thought it sounded like a really cool idea. My my wife has a macbook so i stole it from her and i got to work on my book
0: all right the the vulcan baru adventure right which doesn't sound at all like kobayashi maru i want to make a star trek joke <laughs> so <laughs> bad sorry <laughs> right, go ahead there were no green skin chicks in his book i checked twice no
2: no, there's hardly uh, anybody up there but me.
0: Yeah, you know, the last time you were on the show here with us, you actually talked about doing this trip, going from oh. sea level up to the top of this place. So it's cool to uh, finally, you know, read and see you doing this. This book was pretty cool. It's all, you know, it's laid out like a book, and except places where you would expect to see pictures, you can click, and it would be one of his videos. Mm. So you got text and video going along. Very cool. And uh, this. This thing just looked like it kicked your ass so many ways.
2: <laughs> I took a serious beating. That's that's for sure. But the the book part of it is cool because you can you you know you're in my head. You can you know what my thoughts are about the trip. But then you can see the action too in in the video. Versus like a DVD, you just get the video, and I would have to charge like fifteen to twenty bucks for a DVD in order right. for it to be worth it. So the iBook, it's only three bucks, and it's a better product. So it's better and it's cheaper that's kind of what why the ibook thing made sense
1: to me
0: yeah it worked really well i had to make serious deals with my my daughter (laughs) to get her ipad away from her and clear (laughs) off enough space to download the book to she had
2: it back when i arrived yeah it's a large file
0: she enjoyed watching your videos uh she thought it was pretty funny with uh why why is he why is he on his side all the time (laughs) why is he lying down Oh, Why man. is he crying? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I crashed, I think. Uh, I, that's sort of one of those days where you lose count, but it was between 15 and 20 times I dumped. The
0: did uh, oh, yeah. did your friend go down?
2: Uh, yeah, he did. I never I got that on camera.
0: I mean, there was a lot of video of you pushing him up a hill. <laughs> yeah. I, <man. laughs> that looked wicked fun. <laughs> when, he,
2: when he decided to turn back, that was okay with me. <laughs> I was doing a lot of pushing. And it was funny because he – I had the big KLR650, and he had this smaller two-stroke, and I thought I was going to have a really hard time keeping up with him. But mm-hmm. almost immediately, like as soon as it got rough, he kept needing help, and uh, he he didn't have to push me once. Because it was a two-stroke, he couldn't stay in the power band, and he because the road was too rough, we couldn't go fast enough. Mm-hmm you're just having a hard time
0: he didn't have to push he just did he have to help you lift your lift your bike up or were you always doing that
2: uh i always did that because
0: he was taking pictures and laughing
2: usually filming yeah so (laughs) and i told him like if i go down you know unless it looks like i'm dead just keep filming because that's what (laughs) what we're here to do
0: (laughs) keep filming and kick me that's how we roll it a little
2: bit and see if i'm alive and then just hold the camera steady.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it looked like from one of the videos, at least a light was busted, or a turn signal was busted.
2: Well, the KLR, that, that turn signal has been busted for a quite a <laughs> bit. <good time. laughs> that,
0: That's part that of its happened. unique character. <laughs> yeah. that, that, that would be street legal. In, in, uh...
2: Both of the rear blinkers on the KLR are gone.
0: Oh, okay.
2: Nobody really... I think I think you have to get it inspected here, but nobody cares. Like, I've never been pulled over for having missing blinkers.
0: Did the KLR come away with any new scars from all that time it was sleepy?
2: Yeah, yeah it did. I lost... Um, it has a little fairing piece just under the, like, the gas tank, and uh, that kind of busted off. And one of the front blinkers got smashed a little bit i'm sure there's some new scrapes on the skid plate but wouldn't be able to tell them apart from the old ones
1: so i gotta ask because the the videos have a lot of going up and then at the top you basically say yeah i'm thrashed i'm going down you you enjoy have a nice day um (laughs) right so so how bad was the trip down because i'm always much more terrified of downhills on dirt than i am on uphills well i went really
2: slow going down because i just i was i really didn't want to fall down anymore Cause I, I, was out. I just didn't have any energy to keep fighting the bike. So I was a lot of time I would just turn the motor off and keep it in first gear and walk the bike and uh, let the clutch out to lock up the rear wheel. And that was kind of my break. I just went very slow when it was when it was rough. I thought it was easier going down though. I mean I, I crashed like twice going down.
0: One time to get out of the way of that truck.
2: Yeah, this guy in the truck. Um, he was he was like I'm going for it, and I was like. Please do <laughs> put me out of my misery. <laughs> I don't have a problem with you going for it.
0: Yeah, that, he he, uh, he sounded like he was all heart with the uh, seeing the thrash dude on a KLR coming down the mountain and like get out of my way. <laughs> yeah,
2: come on. I was I had nowhere to go. Rough day, that's for sure.
0: Okay, if if I remember right, this was like a thirteen mile trip. Is that
2: well? Th- it's from when it gets really rough. It's 13 kilometers. Oh, okay. Uh, kilometers. But um, from the beach, well, the KLR doesn't really have an odometer, so I don't know how
0: long it really was. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm making a list like, of things this doesn't have. <laughs> You know, I'm feeling a lot better about the Buell now. I might have to keep that
2: bike. <laughs> yeah, the Buell is like cherry next to the cable lock, man. Oh my god! I'm just driving that thing into the ground. I'm just just trying to grind it straight into the asphalt. I don't know why. I just it's kind of nice to have a bike. Like a lot of people, they they buy a bike and then they think someday I got to sell this. So I got to keep it in good shape so I can get as much money out of it it's nice to not care about that at all just, <laughs> yeah but just hammer and hammer and hammer on it and and just enjoy it i don't have to worry about anything
0: <laughs> oh my god he sleeps like a baby every night so yeah. the, the rough part you're thinking is, is 13 kilometers and uh, yeah
2: that's the really hard part and
0: um, you made it to about within a kilometer of the top before that, uh, the, like the pavement one, took you
2: one turn. There was just like one more turn. And I could see, you know, it was, I was just right there, but I had no strength left. And uh, they had tried to pave the road in the past, but the rain had like wiped it out and created like these big chunks of cement in the road. And if I could have just got on, uh, this you know the the part that wasn't destroyed i would have been home free but it was too rocky and steep and i was just out of juice
0: yeah you you looked uh like walking dead on on the, that video when when you made it to the uh the little camp shack right
2: i was <laughs> i was a wreck i was dehydrated i had gone through my three liters of water and i was cramping
1: up so was the original plan that this would be uh up and back with time to make dinner kind of thing? Or I was it well, expected I planned, to be I, a real... I didn't
2: know how bad it was going to be. So I I went prepared to camp out on the top. Because it takes me longer to get places because I'm always stopping to film stuff. Yeah. So I want to give myself plenty of time. And the other guy that came with me, he, he didn't have any camping gear. So that was one reason he turned around and went back. It was going to get dark if he kept going. And he, he needed to be off that road before it got dark. Yeah, I, I went and set up camp, and uh, Panama is, you know, a tropical place. It's nice here. Let's see, it's 87 degrees right now. And <laughs> so when, on this bike ride, I, when I was at the beach, when I started out, it was uh, like 90-something degrees. And up uh, on top of the mountain, when I was trying to sleep, it got down to 33 degrees. It was cold, man.
0: <laughs> the the 12,000 feet there. That, well, that'll do that. that. <laughs> You, you seemed a little lacking with the with the gear you took up.
2: Well, what am I going to do with a below zero sleeping bag in Panama? It's like I'm going to use a good point. Months. Yeah,
0: yeah. For that matter, so, where would you buy one
2: in Panama? Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Maybe. Well, you
0: you got your stove sense. at the hardware store. You were saying in the video, where did the rest of your stuff come from? Just
2: actually, when I was in Utah, I bought that sleeping bag.
0: Ah, okay.
2: Because I was planning that trip, you know, we talked about it when I was there ever Mm -hmm. since when I was in Utah last. So picked up that sleeping bag and that was the first time I used it. (laughs) Oh, okay. Usually if I go camping somewhere else, I don't need it because it's so warm here.
0: You just throw the hammock out and you're good to go. It's nice. You travel light. So did, did you sleep? It, it, from the book, it looked like you didn't really sleep.
2: I slept okay. I would kind of wake up uh, because I was in the hammock and it was really cold. You, you smash down the insulation of the sleeping bag and you just, the cold comes right through the bottom of the hammock. Mm-hmm. So I would kind of fall asleep on my back and then it would get cold and I'd roll on my side and then it would get cold and I'd wake up and roll the other way and <laughs> do some sit ups to get, get the blood flowing a little bit.
0: So you had this really rough ride going up
2: so loose and rocky and you'd i'd sit down at the bottom of a little section of of rough stuff and think okay that looks like a really good line and then as soon as i hit the gas i'm just holding on for dear life i I i could steer it or anything it was just <laughs> just please go up the hill
0: <laughs> so that's your pro tip is uh forget about the line <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. Everybody says, you just got to stand up and look forward. I uh, was just cranking on the gas and, ho- and my legs were out. I was sitting down and my legs were flying around trying to keep the bike balanced. And one thing when I post on YouTube and I'm doing that, everybody says, you got to stand up. Well, you can't stand up. You can't go fast enough to, to maintain balance to stand up. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the bike's falling over, and if you don't put your leg down, it's going to fall down. Those are right. so those pro guys on YouTube with nothing but advice. <laughs> I'm
1: sensing a little venom here. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: well, hear that stuff a lot, you know, from people. You're doing are, it wrong! Armchair geniuses, you
0: know. <laughs> You've done some pretty rough uh, off-road riding already in your videos. Would you say that this the Vulcan Baru trip was worse than when you did that waterfall?
2: Yeah, that uh, that was the roughest road I've ever tried to ride. The Volcan Baru thing. It uh, that was that was the roughest. The other the waterfall stuff. It was it was really muddy and slippery. Uh, this was different because it was really dry and rocky and loose.
0: Like and giant boulders. <laughs> was, yeah,
2: they they maintain that road. Like there's stuff, there's antennas and satellite crap on top, and and so you'd think that they they maintain it somewhat. But then you try to drive on it, you realize they don't work very hard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it didn't look like much of a road.
2: It's always hard to tell how steep something is when you're watching it on the video. Mm. It was just up and up and up.
1: It's brutal. So what do you think the biggest lesson you learned on this trip was? Because my my sense is there there were several. You were thinking about your plans as you were going and how they weren't necessarily working out.
2: Well, I wanted this to be difficult. Mm -hmm. Uh, You got that. (laughs) For the for the best story, you know, and and sometimes for the best videos when you really have to work hard to do this. So I did want it to be difficult, but maybe um, not that difficult, I guess. I felt like I became a much better off-road rider. I, I gained a lot of confidence because I just, I was just going for it. And then I was, and I was making it, you know, stuff that I would have looked at before and thought, there's no way I'm turning around. I just, the KLR, really impressed the hell out of me when i was on this ride it just kept going i was just beating it to death and i'd lift it up and start it and keep going and and one reason this other guy turned around is his two-stroke 175 cc bike it just because of the altitude just ran out of power Mm. but the klr i never noticed a difference it just was always strong
0: i think i would have turned around if i was him just because it was a kickstart
2: i had to help him with his kickstart a couple times because it was so steep that he's like okay i gotta hold the bike and you gotta come over here
0: (laughs) (laughs) and you're like no i'm filming (laughs) i'll hold the bike you kick it
2: (laughs) i don't want to complain about the guy that was with me because had he not been there i think i would have turned around like if i tried to do it by myself and it got
0: super rough
1: i would have said i can't do it
0: that would have been a pretty serious mental test.
1: Those big volcanoes are weird like that, too. You don't really understand it until <laughs> you've seen one, but you look at it from the bottom, you're like, that's a big mountain. And you get halfway up, and you look up, and you think, shit, it's still a big mountain. <laughs> it's steep, yeah. Yeah, just having someone there really gave me um, the
2: confidence to keep going. And then by the time he turned around, I felt like I had got the, my rhythm down. I drive a little bit, I fall down, I get up, I drive a little bit. So, <laughs> how, I was- how
0: sad was he that he missed the volcano?
2: He was kind of bummed out. I told him if he'd gone like 10 minutes more, he could have like looked down into the crater part, or at least what
0: I think was the crater part.
2: Uh, <laughs> he, he was kind of bummed about that, but he said when he got home... I mean, I at least had somewhat some sleep before going back, but uh, he turned around, he had five kilometers left, and uh, so he did all that all the way up and then all the way back down one night, and he said when he got home, he walked through the door and just collapsed like a <laughs> ton of bricks. He was... He was telling my wife, he's like trying to like almost warn her, don't let him go out and do stuff by himself because he's crazy.
0: <laughs> he called up his wife, you're never seeing him again.
2: <laughs> he can't be trusted.
0: Send out a search party. <laughs> <laughs> so you like doing this format with the video and the, the book company, the, the yeah. book format?
2: Yeah, I think uh, I want to do a, another one in the future. I don't know. I thought about doing turning the Cerro Banco stuff, even though it's already on YouTube, I might just write some stuff and uh, make it into a book. I don't know. Cool. Uh, So you've
0: gone from zero to 12,000. What are you going to do next?
2: Well, I thought about doing one from coast to coast in Panama, like the Atlantic to the Pacific and calling it a race, like a race, wait for the sun to rise on the Atlantic side and then race the sunset to the Pacific side. Uh, the problem with that is it only takes like four hours to drive from one coast to the other. So <laughs>
1: In gonna, first gear, that's what you need to add
2: to that. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was gonna try to make it funny, like start out like it's like really serious. I'm trying to race the sun, but then I I keep taking detours and I string up the hammock and take a nap, and <laughs> I, you know I just would screw around the whole time and still beat the
0: sunset. <laughs> Not quite in the same vein as, as the Vulcan Baru. That was, that was adventure, man.
2: That was hardcore, yeah.
0: Yeah, because I think that's uh, you know, what uh, is a real kind of popular point with your videos is uh, you don't cut out where it gets hard and where it, you're, you can see how discouraged or you know how, how hard it gets on you as a person. You know, it feels like, real. It feels real and it, you know it, it, it's like in, inspirational kind of, you know, you're like, oh, well, this dirt can do it. I'm just a dude. I'm not like
2: yeah. a professional guy. I'm kind of fat and, you know, I just – the point is you just got
1: to go out and, and do stuff. I also like that you're not showing your big chase team that you've got in the, uh, the Land Rover <laughs> SUV following you. everywhere. I mean, I never see them on camera. And I cut those guys out.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're real professional that way. Chase team.
2: <laughs> you know, I have, uh, like, this guy, Gary, that came with me on this trip. He helped me a bit with a camera, but I really kind of like to do it alone when I'm doing the filming thing because I sort of get self conscious. Like, if I go with a group, I feel like I'm holding them back. I do oh. have one of these GPS thingies so i can send my wife a message saying that i'm okay, you know. Oh, i made it to the smart. top.
1: i'm sleeping, i'm camping out up here so. i am still alive. don't sell anything yet.
0: <laughs> at one point in the book you were talking about you you went down to like a police thing to get water. was that dude just living up there?
2: They have like this little barracks looking thing. There's like a couple bunk beds in there. Yeah, a little kitchen area, and they—I guess—they have it because there's this communications equipment up there, and
0: they don't want it to be vandalized. So, okay, so he was just staying up there because the only traffic you talked about was the pickup on the way back.
2: Well, I passed a, a guy in a four wheeler and some hikers, but that was the only car that I saw. But it was like a Saturday, and it was a nice day, so there were some other hikers doing it four-wheeler is the way to go though you can't can't fall
1: over <laughs> hey, yeah. it's harder yeah. yeah all right cool
0: so ryan's new book is out on ibook the vulcan Baroo adventure that
1: mm-hmm. was fun
2: take all it right. easy
0: later that was pretty cool adventure that whole ride going from sea level up to that that's a haul yeah those were roads are horrible i definitely would not have made it on a Buell. <laughs> All right. We got some listener mail. We do. Paige writes, I just found your podcast. I like it very much. I ride a 1964 Duo Glide. Brave. <laughs> I have owned this bike since about 1980. Been coast to coast on it. I've listened to your comments regarding camping gear and have a suggestion for minimalist camping. I bring a good sleeping bag and a six by eight tarp. I rolled a sleeping bag in a tarp to keep it clean and dry when tied to the bike. I lay the sleeping bag on the tarp when I'm ready to pass out or go to sleep and then after getting into the bag I roll up in the tarp leaving some tarp covering my head kind of like a sleeping burrito Uh, Eliminating the tent allows me more room to pack tools and a grease gun since this bike has at least 15 grease zerks It pretty much disassembles itself by the end of the riding day (laughs) Wow, I don't remember the last time I had to grease anything
1: uh, I've greased something on the Ural and that's been it I mean, uh, strom theoretically is supposed to have it, but everything's sealed,
0: yeah, yeah, so I'm just assuming it's still in there. I haven't greased stuff since I used to help my dad do oil changes, but uh wow, so <clears>
1: the, <throat> the sleeping burrito thing in the in the tarp actually uh at my bachelor party, James did that. I walked down by the river and there's like somebody rolled
0: up in a tarp. <laughs> I don't know about you, but if I come across a rolled up tarp with a body sticking out of it in some campground, I'm thinking he's taking a dirt nap. Wow. That was something. Did you like when I took the sunglasses off?
1: I really enjoyed that. It, it really enhanced the experience for me. Really? No. no. <laughs> I think we're all stupider for that. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I guess really what, you, what you're talking about, rolling up in a tarp is essentially this is like the poor man's bivy sack.
0: Yeah. I mean, I used to sleep in a bivy sack. But yeah. But I don't think I'd want to do that. I did something like that once for survival camping mm-hmm. where I rolled myself up in a plastic sheet. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a body I had kind of yeah. seen. Okay.
1: <laughs> so far? Yeah. And yep. it, was, it was horrible. <laughs> I didn't like that at all. Every time you move, it goes crinkle, crinkle,
0: crinkle, crinkle. I was sleeping in the uh, a stream bed on an island. Why in a stream bed? Because uh, I, I was stupid. I was like, this looks like a good spot to roll myself up in plastic. <laughs> okay. Because that was part of the survival thing was they uh-huh. gave us a sheet of plastic. Right. And we had to do something with it. So I rolled myself up in it. You'd have been
1: better off making like a pup tent shape and then stuffing it full of leaves and shit. So yeah, it, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. You're so so was... on the same page. I was 13. Okay. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> where were you? Uh
0: When you were 13? I think I was watching The Dukes of Hazzard. That's right. On broadcast television. It was a dried up stream bed. Mm. And in the middle of the night a hog ran over me. <laughs> there Kids was... don't sleep where there are pigs. There was pigs on the island. <laughs> she have gotten one and cuddled with it yeah warmer. But I think I pissed myself I was so scared I, I in
1: fairness I think I would too if a hog ran over me yeah.
0: <laughs> Page also asks if we've heard of or ridden a rockon. Rokon, I think. Rokon. Yeah, I don't really know how it's pronounced, but yeah, these are these are the two wheel drive de- demonic offspring between a motorcycle and a tractor.
1: Yeah, it's got motor on each wheel, and these these wheels
0: are like as big as the bike each. They're they're literally like tractor wheels. Yeah, pretty much. You could. They're hollow. So they, one of the selling points is they're hollow wheels, mm-hmm. so you could store liquid in them. Okay. You could fill them with water. I always heard one of the things was that it would float because the wheels were. So oh yeah, big. that too. They, they yeah. could float. Yeah, yeah, the thing can float.
1: <laughs> there's actually there's a guy who has a Ural and he tows the Rokon behind the Ural, so he'll go like as far as the Ural can go until it gets just complete shit, and then he'll unload the Rokon and start riding that.
0: Tow it. Oh, it'd be so much cooler if it was just this little sidecar thing. that because oh, Beamer has it. a Rokon sidecar. Oh, that would be. Sad. <laughs> it just launches it out at. I I'm guess. I'm not so sure about that. 20 but, miles an hour. <laughs> yes, maximum. I don't, I don't know how fast that thing goes. It, not very.
1: Not very. It's not street legal. Most places you'd want to be on a rocon, you don't want to go fast. <laughs> I mean, these are, these are like the quintessential things. I always thought of them as farm bikes.
0: That, that was something else. That was pretty cool, they're, seeing that thing.
1: They are, they're, yeah, <laughs> they're smaller than you'd expect in person. Actually, that was the thing that surprised me. A bit like the Euro, that way actually is they, you know, with the big wheels, they seem like they'd be huge, but then mm-hmm. in person, they're actually kind of like squat little
0: things. Ah, uh, yeah, I could see that. They look pretty compact, sort of stubby. Compact, yeah. yeah, they go in the back of a pickup real good. <laughs> <laughs> with my bear, you're okay in mud season, don't you worry? They, they have a gun rack accessory for it. <laughs> <laughs> they call it rope. <laughs> <laughs> they're pricey too.
1: They're oh yeah they're. Well, they're, they're a specialty item. They are a specialty nobody, item. Nobody goes out and, like, impulse buys a Rokon. <laughs> you know, I've been thinking I'd like a motorcycle, something I can tour on, and go see my friends far away. Ooh, look at this one.
0: It's got big tires. Screw that Gixxer, Johnny. You want this.
1: <laughs> it would be awesome to have one of those on the road at a traffic light, have a Gixxer <laughs> full up next to you. Be like... Rrrr,
0: rrrr. <laughs>
1: Or whatever noise it makes. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm not sure it makes Kind a of a putt putt. It's
1: I would love to ride one of these Rokons at some point. I can think of all these places I've gotten to on the Strom or on the Ural. Although there's, you know, there's a few places I've been on the Strom I want to go back to with the Ural. I have some things for us to do this year. Anyway. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> they're I'll, all totally advisable. Beyond the Thruxton. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll leave the Thruxton at the entrance to the place and then you jump in the sidecar and we go, you know the real reason I want someone in a sidecar for off-road shenanigans on the Ural? So someone can give you CPR after we crash? So you have a second person to push. (laughs) Oh. That's the real reason for the sidecar.
0: I'm not sure I'm liking this idea (laughs) now. Watching all the videos of Ryan pushing the other guy's bike, I'm not feeling real good about this idea. (laughs) It'll be fun. You'll love it. (laughs) <laughs> <It'd> be wonderful. <laughs> Don't like the push
1: but Yeah, these. They, I. I would love to go play with a Rokon somewhere,
0: especially in like muck or things where normally a motorcycle is a completely terrible idea. Where do they market these things? Uh, you know, they sell them direct. Yeah. You think they got to market, like, I guess, magazines or something? I assume there must be a magazine, a farm supply magazine,
1: maybe, because they also make big racks for the back of them. You can put all kinds of shit on and, you know, go out and mend your fence. you would be like, boy to Jesus, look at this mud. You know, that kind of thing.
0: Okay. What? Nothing.
1: (laughs) What was that?
0: Nothing. There was a lot of mud. A lot of mud. Yeah. Boy, what did you say, boy and Jesus? Boy to Jesus, look at this mud. Run that by me again? Goodness me, there's a lot of mud here. This is why right. California thinks the rest of the nation is some barbaric wildland.
1: Meanwhile, in California, people are living in vans on the beach. Dude. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> meanwhile, totally. in Vermont, there's a totally people sweet. are living in
0: vans in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not saying dude. Uh, I don't know. There's there's probably some overlap. They're but. saying whatever that thing you just said was.
1: No, no, that's the that's the woodchucks who say that. No, the, the hippies are usually, you know, like you get a lot of these hippies coming in who are trustafarians coming in the bus that they're paying for with dad's trust fund. Uh-huh. And they're, you know, setting up in the woods and they're like, yeah, man, we believe in... Something I can't remember <laughs> why right now. Sorry, dude. We're gonna go hang out in City Hall Park off Church Street and beg for money.
0: This doesn't sound entirely hypothetical. No, no this isn't
1: <laughs> hypothetical at all. I've been to a few Fish concerts, Chuck. It's true. Fish concerts. Yes, Fish is a band. I see. You know who the Grateful Dead is? The what? The Grateful Dead. A band. You live in California. You know who the fucking. <laughs> Don't you mess with me like
0: that. I've never been to a show. Okay.
1: Well, you take the Grateful Dead, and then they die. Well, Jerry Garcia well,
0: Yeah, one them's yep. already dead.
1: Jerry Garcia's dead. Yeah. So uh, then you the think hippies needed grateful? some... Could be. <laughs> they needed someone new to follow, so they started following Fish.
0: Did the Grateful Dead stop touring without Jerry?
1: Yeah, the Grateful Dead stopped being the Grateful Dead without oh, okay. Jerry. He was the songwriter and the lead singer
0: and the lead guitarist. Well, yeah, but the Grateful Dead at a Grateful Dead concert, they're kind of superfluous. They yeah, almost don't need to be there. Well,
1: and hence fish. Oh, okay. You've got you've got four smelly hippies from Vermont. Okay, who started band? Are they eating Ben and Jerry's ice cream? Uh, probably, I don't know. Yeah, okay. And all of the smelly hippies start following them around. Some from Vermont, some from fucking everywhere. Okay, okay. I went to the Great Went in Limestone, Maine. Fish concert. The what? The Great went. It was the second big fish concert. After they got kicked out of Plattsburgh Air Force Base. And the Plattsburgh Air Force Base is like, never come back. Okay. Which is funny because it's the closest fish could get to their hometown where all the fish heads could hang out.
0: The fish heads.
1: Yes. I've said too much. <laughs> anyway, there was a line of cars for 10 miles out of town. And there were guys in golf carts going up
0: and down the thing. They'd be like, want a beer? Want a hot dog? Some weed? No, that's how the borderline is in Tijuana. Yeah. Just carts going back and forth up the... Because it's like eight lanes wide. Sure. Yeah. Three hours long. I was, I was sitting on the
1: roof of my uh, stepfather's Suburban, mm-hmm. drinking a beer, watching the fun. Because oh. we were creeping along every so often. You know, it wasn't my turn to drive. So was, you know, when we moved 30 feet,
0: someone comes along, offers you a taco or yeah. chips, mm-hmm. a prostitute, whatever. Yeah. It happens. Whoa, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Although I've never, I've never been offered so much free food in my life as at the fish concert
0: well everyone's stoned so they're everyone's stoned and everyone's
1: grilling nonstop. and people are, <laughs> you'll be because you'll just start talking to someone because i was you know plowed <laughs> you start talking to people be like you want a you want a hot dog man i'll be like yeah thanks bro you want one of my beers
0: you know it's like this barter system of spaced out people <laughs> what did you learn this week todd i can't remember bro i learned that i think you're a hippie no, no, I'm not a hippie. I I okay, genetically
1: I'm a hippie. But I'm not <laughs> I <I'm>, damn it.
0: <laughs> all right. Well that's it for Wheel Nerds. Get out of my house.
1: <laughs> that's never. all we got for this week, man. I'm never Todd. come back. <laughs>
0: Your hair's growing.
1: <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> man! You know, I think I think I like the songs that Mike writes the best, man. I mean, Trey's good, but he's kind of, I don't know, he's getting kind of mainstream with his songs. I like the good jam songs. Is that a, is that are those beads in your beard? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> no, they've always been there. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> now you know why I smell so bad.
0: Yeah, I guess. You know why you hide 20 bucks from a hippie? Oh? Huh? Put it under the soap. Okay.
1: <laughs> That's all we got time for this week. I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. <laughs> Ride safe, everyone. We'll see you next week. Dude. If you like this podcast, you can find more like it at wheelnerds.com. This has been a WheelNerds production, all rights reserved. Readings from other sources are the property of their respective owners and are used with satirical intent.